Compassion is my religion, and my purpose will always be love. I'm Neva Kochava. Today more than ever, self-care is not only a big topic, but it's a big seller. We can so easily be persuaded by the ideas of what self-care is, and we act on those ideas. The good part of this is that I know there is a genuine desire to take care of ourselves and improve in areas that we recognize may not be working for us. But what is self-care? Effective, authentic self-care. Research shows many people misunderstand what effective self-care is and how they can best benefit from it. A recent Harris Poll reported that self-care isn't a priority for consumers because 44% believe self-care is only possible for people with enough time and about 35% believe it's only possible for those with enough money. Incorporating effective, authentic self-care practices into your daily life can have lasting benefits and it doesn't need to be time-consuming or expensive to be effective. How often do you think of self-care as a luxury? Something that takes time and money that you may not think you can afford right now. Because we're preoccupied with meeting the needs of others and the demands of the day-to-day, we can put off what we've come to think of as self-care. The ideas that are often promoted as self-care can be diet, workouts, going for a massage or to the hair or nail salon, shopping and buying something new, or going on vacation. I've heard some say that putting yourself first is a priority, but if not done in balance and with the right attitude, that can sometimes cause conflicts within yourself or with others. While these examples can all be great ideas, I believe they're more likely to fall under self-improvement. Things like drinking alcohol or excessive caffeine, watching television, surfing the internet and spending more time on social media, which can mean spending less time with others, are often mistaken for self-care. But these ideas are more often simply numbing behaviors that are more of an escape that only provide temporary fulfillment. Self-improvement is often mistaken for self-care, but they're actually different. Self-improvement comes from the idea that we think we need to fix something about ourselves. For example, diet and weight loss. We think if we work harder, we'll be able to fix what feels defective and then we'll feel worthy of self-care. What happens when we fail to meet the goals we set for ourselves? Do we go into shame or guilt and further the idea that we're not good enough in some way? Genuine self-care is simple and it begins with coming home to yourself. It's learning to be comfortable in your own skin. It's the simple daily practice of intentionally listening to your body. It's tuning in to what your body is telling you 
and being able to ask the questions that will show you how to bring your body the nurturing it needs. Do you know what your body is telling you? And are you meeting those needs? It's so essential to bring care to our minds and bodies. So let's take a step back and take a much needed nice deep breath. It's my belief that self-care is not a separate activity or something you should force. As a 21st century society, we are all moving at a faster pace and are often addressing some level of stress. The stresses around money, work and relationships can come up daily. Lack of sleep is largely due to stress. Anxiety, depression, and burnout are at an all-time high, and this can often lead to prescription drugs, which is also at an all-time high. And there's something else to consider. I believe that across all cultures, there are some common wounds that affect so many people. These wounds include shame, abandonment, and betrayal. Did you realize that these emotional wounds produce a biochemical response that can bring inflammation into the body? They're also a cause of many autoimmune diseases. I bring this up because it has to do with the stress levels and how it can affect your daily self-care routine. We may not realize how much we hold on to our suffering and oftentimes we don't see how our pain becomes part of our identity. This is not who you are. It's not your fault and you don't have to live with, medicate, manage, or turn to some of the ideas of self-improvement I just mentioned to completely turn your life around. What if I told you that the simplest first approach to authentic self-care begins with unlocking the energy that flows through your body and that you can create a chemical shift in your body to release the blocked energy that has you feeling stressed, stuck, or out of balance. Energy isn't limited to states of mind, but rather it affects the body at a molecular level. Each organ and biological system is said to be connected by energy, or chi, and optimal health, both mentally and physiologically, is defined by the optimal flow of this energy along the meridians in the body. Most traditional forms of medicine determine that the root cause of illness and disease is an energetic imbalance or a blockage in the energy's healthy flow. Becoming aware of the subtle ebb and flow of your own energy is the essential first step to effective, authentic self-care. This is why it's so important to listen to your body. Tune in and understand what your body is telling you. If your energy is blocked, it may not always manifest as signs as illness. The subtler symptoms can be lethargy, erratic emotions, indecisiveness, or lack of motivation. Physiologically, 
Signs of stuck energy tend to be those vague ailments you can't quite put your finger on. Headaches, nausea, dizziness, and the general sense that something isn't quite right and that something is out of balance. All physical ailments have an emotional component. Even modern science has come around to the idea that the body and mind are not as separate as we once thought. Simply put, negative emotions block your energy flow. With this in mind, let's begin freeing up your energy flow. I'd like to ask you to begin your self-care routine with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most important part of self-care because by holding on to the baggage of unforgiveness, you create a loop of negative energy that does the most harm to yourself, physically as well as emotionally. When you know that you have been and that you truly are forgiven for anything you did or didn't do, the guilt, the regret, shame, and all the unnecessary weight you've carried is released. So forgive yourself. The same with forgiving others. Regardless of what you're forgiving or of the harm that was done to you or to others, when forgiveness is practiced, you are released from the baggage that not only hurts you, but also affects those close to and around you because we're all interconnected. Holding on to your pain, guilt, shame and your regret keeps you from practicing an effective self-care routine. Don't be reluctant to release your suffering or guilt and to relieve yourself of the burden and pain. Be intentional, purpose and choose to forgive and release yourself and others. As you make this a daily self-care practice, it will become easier to maintain a free flow of your own energy. Mark Twain said, Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Isn't that beautiful? Think of forgiveness as your fragrance. Another simple thing you can do anytime is to take a deep breath and smile. Think of something that makes you happy and smile for up to a couple of minutes. Throughout your day, smile often. This may sound insignificant. However, scientists and spiritual teachers alike agree that the simple act of smiling can transform you and the world around you. Smiling activates the release of neuropeptides that work toward fighting off stress. Neuropeptides are tiny molecules that allow neurons to communicate. They facilitate messaging to the whole body when we're happy, sad, angry, depressed, or even excited. The feel-good neurotransmitters, dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin are all released when you smile. This not only relaxes your body, but it can also lower your heart rate and your
your blood pressure. The endorphins act as a natural pain reliever. The serotonin release brought on by your smile serves as an antidepressant or a mood lifter. And my favorite part of smiling is that not only does it make you and those around you feel better, it makes you look better. Think not Han said, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile, but sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. When you allow your energy to flow freely, you'll get a sense of being in sync with life and a general feeling of calm, confidence, and creativity. The next time you feel low in energy or that something doesn't quite feel right, take a moment to reflect on what might be causing it. Listen to your body, ask it what it needs, and respond with intention and gratitude. The closer you pay attention, the more obvious chi becomes and the easier it is to maintain. When you listen to your body and live in tune with yourself in this way, you can expect to live a life full of energy, full of vitality, and full of life force. Any effective, authentic self-care routine is not complete without learning to listen to and honor your body's wonderful way of communicating. I'll continue on this topic in my next episode with more ways you can enhance your authentic self-care routine because there's so much more I'd like to share with you. But for now, begin today with intention to allow forgiveness and to harmonize with your energy. By integrating these two very simple steps, you can create chemical shifts in your body by moving energy and supporting your endocrine system. This is your first step toward loving yourself. And remember to appreciate that there's only one you. You're valuable and you are truly amazing right now, right where you are. As always, I believe in you. Until next time, Shalom.